Welcome to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from University of Michigan faculty. We really thought a lot, you know, as the uh, university issued for the good of public health, sort of a campus, an in-person change um, in expectations for campus, we thought mostly about, okay, what is our mission and how can we be clear on, on what Ginsburg is and what it's not? We are about partnerships and civic and community engagement. Uh, we're about community engaged learning, service learning, student uh, learning and impact. We're not cap- caps, we're not the dean of students. And so even though I think a lot of our instinct was to jump in and, and provide some more psychosocial crisis intervention support for our various constituencies, we really tried to stay centered on this is our work at Ginsburg Center, and we're going to make sure we're connecting to all of our campus partners and community partners for folks to get the range of, of needs met. So we had a couple of questions that we thought of just in terms of, so based on our mission, what's our highest and best use? What are we doing that no one else can step up to do in this moment for our three constituents? So that makes it harder for us because we we have uh, various stakeholder groups. We work with students, and Danielle will talk more about that. We work with lots of academic partners and faculty, and Nirja will talk uh, a lot about that. And then we are deeply engaged with community partners, and I know Sarah will talk about that. But we really thought, how do we almost take a triage model? What do people need right now? Um, let's assess those needs and begin to build out a virtual presence and a set of communications to meet that immediate need. So again, folks will talk more about it in depth, but what do our students need to hear from us right now to reassure them about their own, maybe it's a student staff member, their own financial situation and employment um, status? What do our faculty partners need to hear from us because they're trying to deal with a really fast pivot when their community-engaged course can no longer send students into the community. So how does Ginsburg respond to those constituencies in ways that no one else on campus is is going to? Uh, So we thought a lot about just sort of a triage model, assessing what's needed now, and then beginning as we meet uh, the immediate needs, building out as we go. And I think our partnerships that we have built now over 20-some years were a key Part of us being able to understand what our constituencies needed, were asking for, wanted, and enabled us to respond to those without actually sometimes connecting back directly in the moment. Sarah, I'm sure we'll talk about um, some of the remote projects we put together where we didn't initially even have to talk with community partners because we knew they were already overwhelmed in dealing with their own set of of stakeholders and constituencies. But because we had these deep partnerships, we could draw on those in this moment. So those are some of the things that we thought about as we began to really build out a virtual presence. Part of how you stay true to your mission is you have a lot of mission clarity and you spend a lot of time in your day-to-day operations sort of making decisions against like that you then check against your mission. There are so many opportunities um, to go in all different directions with our services, with how we interact with people. But we have always had a lot of conversations about, well, is this our work? You know, we, we might want to start, I don't know, 
a social entrepreneurship sort of initiative. But is that really our work or is that someone else's work on campus? And for the record, we didn't want to do that. But so I think that part of it is like being very clear, what is your mission and what is what is not your mission? But also, I think because of the way we operate through partnerships and, and really boundary spanning, we are constantly looking around campus and the community to understand what are the resources that exist, who's doing their work in ways that we can learn from, who's doing work we can partner with and we can align with um, and we can connect with. And so I would say that one way we were able, again, in this situation to focus on what we do best is we were assured that the University of Michigan, which is a program-rich environment, it's pretty system poor, but it's program-rich, but part of our job is discovering all of the rich programs. And so we were already able to have lines of sight knowing that lots of other needs were being attended to. Um, but again, I think my advice for others really is really examine your mission and, and think about making decisions and then sort of bouncing those off of your mission. Does it fit within there or is it really mission creep? Is it someone else's mission? And if so, how about reaching out to them to partner or collaborate or just to do a warm handoff? If someone, if someone comes to Ginsburg Center looking for something that, I don't know, Barger Leadership Institute does, we're going to say, well, we don't do that, but we have these great partners across campus who do. So let, let us direct you to Barger and do a warm handoff in that regard. I also think since we approach our work both from that mission, but centering on some principles um, that we've articulated and been able to draw out and, and show how our work pre-COVID applied to these principles has allowed us to shift maintaining those principles during this time. And as you're asking, now that we're uh, transitioning into a, a large re largely remote application of our work, which isn't ideal, but we can continue to look at those principles as well as the mission. And so are we, are we looking at equity as we're moving into a virtual or remote application of our work? How are we moving from individual to collective action within this space, building longer term partnerships, and then connecting, starting with community, but connecting to the larger learning mission of the university. So those are principles that we used before this and continue to, to measure the work and think about, well, how are we doing this within this current context? I think an important piece that Dave already touched on is that our work in communities is really about starting with community priorities and needs. So we work in the social sector, which includes nonprofits, government agencies, schools, and other groups that are really addressing community need. And so when the crisis started to unfold, we knew that it was really going to be important for us to be attending to our community partners' priorities and needs that we're gonna be unfolding really quickly uh, during this time. And so we wanted to be able to attend to those changing needs while also being mindful that they were having increased demands on their capacity because they were now in this crisis, often working you know, with limited resources to begin with. And this just compounds that for them in their ability to achieve their missions. And so, I think a big thing that 
was really important is to think about the tools that we already had in our toolbox that we were using with community partners before this happened and think about how could we pivot or change or amplify what we already had uh, for our community partners to support them in this time. A lot of our academic partner facing work is really about um, understanding what, what the needs and priorities are for, for those partners and what they're sort of struggling with and understanding how we could be most helpful, um, as MJ was talking about earlier. And thinking about these principles in particular around, um, you know, we have about six principles, I think Dave mentioned some of them. And so the ones I was thinking about particularly apply here is thinking about in addition to starting with community, as Sarah's really emphasized, we absolutely started with what our partners needed and then thinking about how we center on equity and connecting learning across contexts and acknowledging power. So as we're trying to support academic partners in understanding what they need, we understood that faculty and um, other academic partners trusted us to help them understand how to pivot in the immediate aftermath of you know, shutting, uh, going virtual and all of those things. There are so many faculty who are struggling with, well, how do I even think about this? But really, you know, what was really inspiring is the deep commitment to student learning, right? And our ability to support that student learning and the and faculties can engage teaching and research, right? So both aspects of that. So the quick pivots were around, um, as Sarah mentioned, these remote engagement opportunities. And even there were a lot of questions around how to engage safely and whether it was all right. And so really looking to us to help provide some of that guidance around uh, sort of best practices in this you know, completely new space around virtual engagement, right? And then in addition to being able to offer some virtual support about how to make these changes mid-semester. So we quickly changed our website to offer some resources and guidance on what, what, you can, what can you do if you're you know, in the middle of a class that was supposed to be fully engaged in person and suddenly has to go remote. What can you do? How can your students continue those relationships? How do you sunset those relationships if they needed to end because those remote, remote engagements weren't possible because our partners really couldn't continue to provide that support because of all the, the changing conditions. Um, and in addition, we had some initial resources for how to adapt instruction for virtual online teaching. And then, you know, I think this was happening across, frankly, across campus, across the country, is that the, the immediate pivot is one piece, but then the next is as we sort of finally fit, wrapped up this term, you know, how do we continue, right? We're still teaching virtually. We're going to continue teaching virtually all the way through spring, summer, possibly into fall, maybe not. Um, and so what does that look like? So as we continue to hear from our partners, academic partners, thinking about how do we provide that ongoing support? Um, so we've been partnering a lot to offer some um, additional resources around virtual engagement. So this idea of what does it mean to offer additional resources to think about how to engage students and um, in, a, in a virtual environment in really robust ways. So both thinking about the technology tools, but also what does it mean to work with community partners virtually, right? How do we really continue to adjust and support partners in an environment where they may have limited ability to contribute the same way they would have if students were there in person and what does that look like? And so this idea around equity is really making sure we keep keeping top of mind what are the conditions for our partners and are we having those conversations continuously? So thinking about those kinds of things. And then we plan to continue offering virtual sessions, both in terms of consultations, we have virtual office hours, we, we do um, remote consultations, but in addition, virtual workshops, uh, both for students who are preparing to work to work with different community partners in remote ways, but also for our academic partners. So different workshops that are responding to the needs that faculty have shared with us and recognizing that faculty have a range of comfort in terms of uh, their capacity and comfort with online teaching. So just 
having to be virtual, but also engaging with different technology tools. So recognizing, you know, one size doesn't fit all. So we're constantly trying to be as flexible as possible as we offer these different um, resources. And so some of that work, to be clear, is the civic and leadership learning that we know is important to sustaining our communities and sustaining our democracy. And so we know that that's at the core of it. I know that when you start to do some pivoting, there can be a lot of questions around the details and about how we're going to do it. But with our team, the student-facing team, we started to ask questions about, okay, what do we know is at the very core of our work? And once we meet the things that are at its very core, everything else, we can be adaptable, we can be flexible with that. And so we started to ask those questions. And I think the piece around the civic and leadership learning that we know is so important to this education um, that those were the things that we really wanted to focus on. I think at the core of our work is really trying to continue the civic and community learning even though students are in a new context. And we know that the mission of the University of Michigan is only successful if it can be actualized on and off campus. And so if our mission can only happen while we're on campus, that means that we've got some work to do. And so some of our work has been, how do we make sure that we are adaptable so that we can continue that same civic learning that we know is just incredibly important to the communities that we, we wanna create. In many ways, actually, this period of applying our practice in a virtual format has given us a, an opportunity to monitor reach and access in ways that we weren't necessarily as able to do before. So we can look at page views, we can look at participants and sort of the, the number of, uh, for example, uh, connected community that Sarah talked about. We can, we can look at who's accessing it, who's picking projects. And so we get, in many regards, I think a, a more real-time understanding of our, our reach and utilization. We had already invested in online voter registration systems and information. And so uh, we don't necessarily have to spend a lot of time pivoting in that area of our work. Um, we just change our messaging and, and obviously are not in front of people quite as much, um, but, but do it in a different way. We had been implementing Salesforce uh, to help us keep track of what community partners were identifying as their, their needs, their priorities, their dreams, and, and goals for their work. And so that's where we were able to get a lot of the, what we knew would be helpful to community partners without having to bother them immediately uh, in that moment. So the, the physical and technical infrastructure was there. It was flexible enough that it met our current needs, but was able to be pivoted to address this emerging situation. We've been leading out an institution-wide Connecting Michigan initiative, which would help connect data and relationship information from various places across campus that are doing community-engaged learning and community engagement work. And this, I think, in asking about how our work will change moving forward, I think this both demonstrates the value of those relationships and shared data and shared information and underscores the necessity of it. And so I think it may help the institution look differently upon you know, centralizing and coordinating some elements of our work in different ways. And, and my hope is that it, it will provide some urgency around this particular initiative um, moving forward. Something I've been thinking about a lot is 
what the future of this looks like for us, that we're going to continue to need to be adaptable um, and flexible if we want to continue, you know, serving the mission of this university and something that we're going to need to continue doing. And I think Ginsburg does it really well, and we're going to have to continue digging deeper into it is collaboration and working with others. This is a large decentralized institution, um, and there are lots of ways that it serves us well. Um, and I also think that when we think about what the virtual campus might look like or how we um, continue to live into our mission, that phrase comes to mind, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And I think that this is one of those times where we have to go together. We have to work with other campus partners and community partners because those are the major stakeholders that are going to actually help us to, like I said, actualize the mission of the university. Um, and so I'm really hoping that that we are all able to kind of lean more into the collaborative spirit and working together, making plans together, not just sharing information, but actively collaborating with other people through strong partnerships that hopefully will last into the fall and beyond. We, especially for our colleagues in higher ed, um, but really in any sector who are looking to, to some extent kind of rebuild in a virtual environment, right? How do we, how do we think about what our business is and how do we deliver it in a new way and, and potentially deliver new things because of this, this virtual format? I think that our advice at Ginsburg is, is often, okay, stop before you do that and look around and think about who else could I work with on this? Who might be interested in partnering? Who has aligned interests? Who's also working on these kinds of student um, learning outcomes? Who else wants to impact this particular geography? Um, who else is looking you know, to, to engage in this sort of research? So we talk a lot about impact before credit. And it tends to be often countercultural in a, in a higher ed environment where, uh, especially research one um, universities where nearly tenure and promotion is driven by often individual work and research. And so we talk a lot about countering that message. And then the other thing that I guess I would want to share with others, and again, this is, this is really for our higher ed colleagues at Michigan, but well beyond. I think that it's important for us to remember that principles and competencies around diversity, equity, inclusion extend far beyond campus and, and really uh, the ways uh, with which we engage with not, of course, not just with our students and not just with each other, but with those beyond our campus are often much more telling about how we're really living into those principles that we, I think, really believe in and are putting a lot of effort um, into, into actualizing. And then, you know, lastly, I think, I think it's important, uh, certainly for our field and for folks who are interested in, in engaging with external communities, I think it'd be really helpful for all of us to be more cognizant of how much we rely on community partners. We talk a lot about, well, we're here to help the community partners. We, we, I have something to teach them. I have something to provide to them. Um, but I think taking a pause on who's helping whom and, and sort of who needs more is, it, this is a good opportunity for us to do this. So we have heard and read about and seen really our university partners who are, who are delivering internships, practicums, service learning, clinicals, et cetera. Those rely on our community partners who are serving as co-educators 
and often not recognized as such. And so I think that this gives us an opportunity to rethink about ways we can support our community partners who are playing this critical role. And especially at a place like U of M, I think amidst the turmoil and crisis, COVID-19 has given us an incredible opportunity to really reimagine how we deliver on a world-class education, especially for students who came here to engage in broader communities and to change broader societies. Thank you for listening to the Michigan Minds podcast, a production of the University of Michigan. Join the conversation on social media with hashtag UMichImpact.